Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war Welcome to Nurses Out Loud, Thursday edition with Nurse Michelle. Today I'm so happy to have with me two ladies who have been with us on Nurses Out Loud from the beginning, and we don't have them here with us anymore, but I'm so happy to bring them back here because of the very important issue facing nursing schools today. I am so happy to have Nurse Cammie and Nurse Emily here with me today because these two ladies used to be on Nurses Out Loud, and they are young mothers who actually finished nursing school during this COVID pandemic. And during the pandemic, these ladies were forced to get the COVID vaccine. Their whole nursing school was forced to get the COVID vaccine, and they were like, no, I don't think so. And they were they were pressured, they were bullied, they you know had so much duress put upon them. I believe one of them may have even been pregnant at the time, and that was causing major medical complications for them because of what was happening. And I decided to reach out to them because uh, last week's show, I was addressing the battles that nursing students across the country are still facing today. As much as people want to believe that COVID is over, the uh, reverberations and the impact is still happening to this day. So I thought, let me get these two girls on here who um, successfully won a lawsuit that is now a precedent setting case. And what I wanted to start with talking to them about was something Emily could talk to us about for a moment. And that was a letter that I just got from a nursing student that's in a battle right now for her right to not have to go get a ton of childhood vaccines caught up. So she's only 21 years old and she had to give her vaccine titers to the school to prove that all her childhood vaccines she was still immune to. And um, this school required your vaccine list as well as your titers. So she had all of her childhood vaccines. Yay, looks like she's not going to be a problem, right? Well, then the next thing she knows when her titers come back, she has basically zero immunity. She has zero immunity to basically all the vaccines that she had as a child. And she's only 21 years old. She should have immunity, which actually may be indicative that she might have an underlying primary immune deficiency that indicates she doesn't have an immune system successful enough to be able to mount an adequate immune response to those vaccines. And for those who don't know it, the CDC says that those who have primary immune deficiency are contraindicated to get um, the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine and the chickenpox vaccine. And those are four of them that they want her to get. So this is what was a shocker. So the schools are full of bullies, and Emily's going to tell us all about their experience with that. But this is what this particular one decided to write to this student is, 
please let me know as soon as possible if you are going to obtain the required immunizations. If you want, we can always delay your admission until next fall for you to obtain everything. And then they go on to say, we would we would hold you a spot. If you are going to join us this fall, then this all has to be completed in the next three weeks. Okay, so I am a person that happens to be well-read enough on the vaccine subject to know that if you're being told you've got to catch up all your childhood vaccines, meaning you have zero immunity to any of them, and you've got to be caught up, that means that you've got to have the series caught up. And this, this person who is a director of a nursing program isn't aware enough to realize that it actually takes time to catch up on vaccines. And you can't just go get a series of vaccines all in three weeks. So for example, the hepatitis B vaccine takes between the first dose and the second dose, there has to be 16 weeks. So needless to say, she cannot comply in three weeks. And most of them are four to eight weeks between the first and second dose. If she wanted to go and get herself jacked up with all of these vaccines at 21 years old. So that's where we are with just the childhood vaccines. They got they made her write a full book report, of course, for the COVID vaccine. But here we have with Emily, Emily, when you were in it, you were here, you were a senior just four months away from graduating nursing school. And all of a sudden, this COVID vaccine mandate is laid down. Tell us about the kind of pressure you experience inside of an Arizona nursing school. Yeah, so um, it was for, you know, when we started this, there was actually quite a large uh, group that had decided, you know, we had all come together and we decided, hey, this is something that we're not comfortable with at this time. And I'm going to be completely honest. I was never an anti-vaxxer from the start. I've had all of my immunizations when I worked in, um, you know, when I worked closely with patients in the hospital um, as a paramedic, not really on the ambulance, but in the hospital, I would get my flu shot every year. So I'm not, I was never against vaccinations to begin with until I just, I saw all of the the not just the uncertainty around the COVID vax, but just how interesting they were treating the situation. So at the time when it all came out, you know, there were there was a whole bunch of different um, emergency use, you know, authorization of the COVID vaxes, but our school would only allow us to get a certain three. And so I was just, that was the first thing that struck me as odd is why are these the only acceptable ones when all of these are experimental? So why are these the only three that's acceptable when we have no data on any of them? So that was the first thing that struck me. And then thankfully I have my husband who's amazing and saved me and said, if you get this, you're going to probably end our marriage. And so um, because of that, it really made me take like a deep dive into it and kind of second guess things. Cammy, I know she wasn't, you know, she, I believe um, was, she was hesitant from the start. She wasn't like me. So I was actually going to get it until all of the upheaval happened. And that's when we started getting bullying um, on a daily basis. There were emails that were sent to us. There was social media posts that were directed towards us. There was times where honestly, I was afraid to even be on campus and you can't have, you know, I mean, we live in Arizona where firearms and, you know, everybody carries them and we live in a very, um, an area where that's 
pretty normal in Prescott. And so for me, I can't bring my firearm, you know, to class or on campus. But so my mom actually bought me pepper spray (laughs) to carry with me on campus because of all of the, um, the threats that we were getting and just the general talk from all of the other students and the instructors and the personnel at the college. So we were definitely targeted. Cami and I started with a group of, you know, between 20 and 30 students. And Cami and I were the only two that were left standing that were willing to go um, to the courts with our situation. So it just goes to show that out of, you know, 20 to 30 people, I believe it was about 26 of us, only two people were able, whether it's, you know, personal reasons or beliefs, whatever it was, or just trying to make things easier, um, that we decided to just stick to our guns and continue to fight for what we believe in. But if I'm not mistaken, um, the community college that you were at was one of several campuses in the state of Arizona. So it was Maricopa County Community College, and there were several campuses. So there was numerous nursing students represented. So your class plus the class underneath you, there's probably always each campus has at least two classes going at all times. So how many nursing students are we talking about between Maricopa Community College that was very likely nobody said no or they walked away or they walked away from their dream? Oh. Well, honestly, I, my brain's not functioning right now, so I can't give you the exact number because Cammie and I have done the math. Um, mm-hmm. and it was actually in the lawsuit as well. Um, but in I our think, class, oh, go ahead. Cammie. If I'm not mistaken, I think, um, at the time our lawyer had mentioned out of all of Arizona total, and this might even include, um, the university, like the state, uh, Arizona state U of A, but she said about 6,000 nursing students, and at least 1,200 didn't want to take the vaccine. What? That is huge. So 1,200 didn't want to. So the question is, did 1,200 walk away and two fought, or did 1,200 succumb except for two and and get it? Do y'all know? Did you ever find out? We definitely had support of other nursing students that were, um, because at the time, um, Cammie and I were the only ones willing to go to um, the courts, but there were other students that were not going to be vaccinated and they weren't going to get it. And they were just going to kind of see how it played out. There were students that were lucky enough to be placed at clinical sites that didn't require it. Um, And then there were also um, some instructors, I won't name any names, but they were kind of rooting for the students and they would switch their clinical sites to the ones that would allow them to go without the vaccine. And so that that also happened, but that was definitely under the rug. And we didn't really, um, I don't think that was exploited as much as it could have been just because those instructors were kind of doing something, you know, or I, I mean, I, I think that they should have definitely spoke up for the students, but I know that they were also in fear of losing their jobs. Yeah, we're definitely talking about a system that is set up. I mean, if you finally have ranked up and you're in a nursing teaching position or you're in some kind of administrative position in a college, you have worked hard to get to that level. Not And these nursing students, we know it has taken to get to the point that you get to be a nurse. You're finally, you're almost about to graduate, but how hard it is to actually get into nursing school and you're finally there. 
And for whatever reason, nursing school is unnecessarily difficult, meaning I don't mean that the academic is rigorous. It, it should be rigorous. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not the problem. The problem is the unnecessary abuse by some of the professors and unnecessary, sometimes busy work that isn't actually working toward good academic benefit. So I, I would love for a reform to happen in that way. And I'm not sure what it is about some nursing professors that just kind of like to intimidate their students. So maybe it just attracts a certain kind of personality. So, it, but there's always those sweet, wonderful ones that are the are they're in it for the right reason. And it sounds like they were the ones that were out there trying to move the clinical locations to a different position so that you, those who didn't want the COVID vaccine could be in a facility that wasn't going to mandate it. Is that correct? I'm, I'm hearing you correct. Um, yes, that was the case for some of the students. Cami and I, unfortunately, weren't part of that group. Okay, so you didn't have the benefit of that. All right, so here you are. You're starting to get significant pressure on a regular basis. Your health is probably starting to pay the price. There's a real price to pay for something like this. What was some of the prices that y'all felt like you had to pay? Cami, do you want to talk about yours first? Or? So I definitely feel like you know, throughout nursing school in general, you have, you take time away from your family. Um, you can't work as much or F at all because you're at clinicals, you're at simulations, you're doing labs, you're doing your regular classwork, you're trying to study for tests. So it's definitely rigorous on its own. Um, but with having the lawsuit and having to do extra work on top of that, that was an extra added thing that super stressful. And then like I said, you are taking time away from your family. Um, I couldn't work as much, which didn't help, um, especially in this economy. Emily, I know, was driving back and forth. Um, I, I had a death in my family and it felt like you couldn't, we couldn't even miss a day. We couldn't miss a day of class. We couldn't miss a day of clinicals. Um, we couldn't score bad on any of our tests because they were looking for any reason to get us kicked out. And so we had so much pressure on us. And then, of course, um, it was almost up in the air, like flipping a coin of, are we going to do this for nothing? Are they going to let us graduate or are they not? Here we're doing so much work, we're stressing out. But at the end of the day, come December, we could not graduate. And this will all have been for, you know, for what? And that was stressful in itself, not knowing on a day-to-day -day basis if we were going to get kicked out of school all of the money, all of the time spent away. And this is not just nursing school years. This is taking the prerequisites. This is rearranging our whole lives, like years worth of work all could have just been gone. And so that was some of the, the stress that I had in my personal life. Um, and I know Emily had a lot as well. Always sat at the front because I'm just that kind of person. <laughs> and everyone kept watching me go back and forth to the bathroom multiple times because I was bleeding. I actually bled through my um, clothes. And so I had tied my jacket around my waist, but I was terrified that if I left class, that they were going to use that against me either in court or if, if we made it to court, we didn't even know if we were going to be going, you know, at that time. 
Um, so I sat through class and dealt with what was my first miscarriage. And I did, I lived in Prescott, um, and I was commuting, um, two and a half hours. So I didn't even, I wasn't even, you know, around my husband for a significant amount of time after I, you know, ended up going to the hospital, um, later on that night when I had come home. So that was like my original stressor. And then, um, later on, as Kimmy said, we had tons of stressors. I ended up quitting my job so that I would have time to dedicate towards the lawsuit. Um, like Cammie said, she had a death in her family and she wasn't even allowed to go home. Her, um, and her, uh, lab instructor at the time said, well, it's up to you if you want to, um, go home, but I wouldn't miss this time if I were you. And she knew that it was somebody that was uh, an immediate family member. So it was just things like that. Um, and then after we were done with everything, still the lingering stressors, I was hospitalized for about 30 days for um, an autoimmune flare. And who knows? I mean, it could be related to the stress of nursing school or normal stresses of life. But I don't normally live a very stressful life. <laughs> normally, right. my life is very stress-free. Um, so, you know, you can, anybody could say that the stress has contributed to X, Y, and Z, but just knowing my life, um, it was definitely contributed to not even being able to deal with the emotional losses, you know, that we suffered. Um, and even probably some guilt that we had by putting our family on the back burner while we did this, because it was true. You know, there was, I don't even know how much time I spent with my daughter, hardly anything during those four months that we were fighting. Wow. Um, when, as I'm fighting for several young nursing students, I wanted to ask these two how old they were when they actually went through this battle. And um, Emily was 29 at the time and Cammy was 35. And I thought that that was significant because the average age of a nursing student is 20 to 25 years old, which, you know, when you're 20 to 25 years old, you still feel like I'm every bit of an adult. You're living a full adult life. But when it comes down to all of a sudden you're a nursing student and the program that you're wanting to get into, you're looking forward to learning about the medical community, learning about, let's say vaccines, but maybe vaccines wasn't one of the things that was in your mind when you went into nursing school. But when all of a sudden you're, and like you're saying, Emily, you were not anti-vax. I mean, my kids got vaccinated. I wasn't anti-vax either. It takes something to change that. And what it was, was a reason to have to read the data that I had never read. And that means that there's all this data out there that the nursing schools are not actually giving to the students. Any of you out there thinking about going into nursing school, maybe it's going to change. But at present, for the most part, you're going to be taught about the immune system you're going to be taught this is a CDC vaccine schedule, and these are the vaccines you need to make sure your patients have, and they are compliant. And it really moves on to much more important subjects. They don't really teach you about the potential adverse reactions, the adjuvants, the things that are added into these vaccines. People that are offended by fetal cell lines that are within that aborted babies are used and that there may be tissue associated to it. None of the moral or ethical things associated with vaccines are addressed. It's just a broad sweeping topic that vaccines save lives. So therefore they must be something so important. And I, for those who've gotten to see the Sound of Freedom movie, 
something that stood out to me right in the middle of the movie that just shocked me was here's this man trying to save this one little girl's life. She's now taken by the cartel. She's in a place where not even the military will go into. The military will not go into this area of the jungle. And this man gets an idea that a, there's a medical reason why you can get into the cartel if you're willing to take the chance. So they said that there was a cholera outbreak and that we had vaccines. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, the word vaccines even gets you into where the cartel is. And that is how they actually saved the girl, not with a vaccine, but by saying that there was a need for the vaccines. So nursing students are going into nursing school thinking, I want to be so smart about them. So when somebody starts asking you questions like, um, you need to get this up to date. Oh, you're behind on this particular vaccine. I met a young girl at church recently who's just a new student. And she says, oh, yeah, yeah, of course I got my vaccines. Um, you know, when you're going to nursing school, you just have a lot of vaccines you got to get. And I got all mine. And that's what I did. And yeah, I got the COVID vaccine, too. So it was just a yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, OK, well, that's that's what people say when they're young, young and dumb and you just don't know any better. And so here's these people who are in this age group that have no reason to have this vast knowledge about vaccines. And all of a sudden you're saying they're, they're saying, oh, you don't want this, let's say COVID vaccine that you're legitimately saying that it's so new. There's no data for me to even go read about. And you're going to make me have to get this vaccine and any data that you were getting access to, because there was some data out there was disturbing to you. So your conscientious objection was, um, no, I think I'm not going to, I'm going to take a pass on this. And they, uh, there was zero tolerance for that. And what is so amazing is what, what has happened to the medical community, the, the medical schools, the nursing schools, that they're going to pressure those that are going to be the caretakers of the next generation, the pressure them into medical procedures. That's essentially what we're talking about here, getting a medical thing injected into your body against your will when we are the ones who are supposed to be about informed consent. So y'all can expound on that. You can tell me what you, what your thoughts are. I'm sure that that's the kind of conversations you tried to have with those in superior, superior positions to you. So it's actually funny. You uh, bring that up in the way you do Michelle, because there's actually a moment that um, Cami and I had when we were in class and we were talking about that. We were talking about autonomy and we were talking about consent and how, you know, that is the most important thing. And truthfully, I mean, you can have a patient that is actively having a heart attack. You can have a patient that is having the most significant medical incident emergency of their life. And they still have the right to refuse whatever they want to refuse because it is your life. Right. So, yeah. and I've, I've dealt with patients like this, uh, you know, more than I can count where they're having a heart attack and I'm like, you're going to die. I'm just going to tell you that if you don't come with me to the hospital and we don't get you to the cath lab, you're going to die from what I'm seeing right now on your, no, your EKG, this is what's going to happen. And they say, you know what? That's okay. I'd rather die at home than in a hospital. And you know what? Who am I? I mean, yes, I'm going to argue with you a little bit. I'm going to, you know, try and persuade you. Um, but at, at that time, I am of, if that is what you believe and that is what you want, then that is what you deserve. That's what you should get, you know? So it's actually funny because there was a time we were talking about that and how that's the most important thing is um, consent. And Cammie and I 
I think it was the day before or that morning, we had gotten a nasty email from, um, from the, from the director or the dean, I'm not sure which one. And it just said that pretty much if we don't do what they tell us to do, then we're not going to graduate. And we just looked at each other across, you know, the classroom and we were like, huh, that's so interesting that this is the topic that we're learning about, or this is what we're talking about so strongly today. Yet everybody else and the instructors in this room, despite the words that are coming out of their mouth, they think that we should do what they tell us to do. Amazing. Yeah. What do you think about that, Cami? I agree with Emily. Um, I couldn't word it any better than Emily, honestly. It's just, it's amazing to me that people don't stick up for what they, what they truly believe. And like that girl that you're talking about, she just goes along with whatever somebody tells her to. And, you know, it is an age thing um, when you don't have enough, well, I don't want to say you wouldn't have enough. You're just not strong enough in your beliefs. I think at that, at those ages, you're still kind of figuring out who you are as an adult what your beliefs are. But I feel like given that Emily and I are a little bit older, we were able to stand strong and say, this isn't right. We don't want this and we will figure something out. And that's what we are supposed to do as nurses. If if a patient doesn't want something or they have certain wishes, it's not our job to say, well, too bad, do this. It's our job to say, okay, well, we can, if you don't want to do it, you don't want to do it. Or if you do, we'll figure something out. We'll talk to the doctor you have options. And that's the big word. That's the big word is like, you have a choice. It's not an ultimatum. It's not get this or nothing. You have a choice. And I think people forget that is that these are all choices that people make. Yeah. Something that I made a comment to after she made that comment of, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course I got it. That's what you do. when you're going to go into nursing school is did you did you read anything about those vaccines that you got injected into you? And she was like, no. I said, okay, well, do you know what's inside of them? Because if you were not willing to even educate yourself and give yourself proper informed consent about anything being injected to the only body you have, then if you can't fight for yourself as if and you want to be a nurse, a nurse is primarily a patient advocate. You are going to stand in the gap between potentially the doctor or some other medical situation that you're going to help educate them to make a good informed consent or to stop them from having some kind of harm done from them because perhaps the doctor is intoxicated that day and you know he just made an error. There's things you know about the medical professionals you work with that may be erroneous and you might want to guide your patient in a different way. If you are going to be a patient advocate, how can you be a patient advocate if you do not even advocate for yourself? So your points that you both made is about the age. And I don't mean to insult anybody. I was once 20 to 25 years old. We are not unintelligent people. We are intelligent people. If people have babies younger, perhaps that fight for being a mother, the mama bear that's already been born in you has already come out and you have evolved into having to face this vaccine conversation. But if you're in your 20s and you're not married and you don't have any children and maybe you've had a basically normal life, maybe you were just a person with sickness or something like that, but nothing ever rocked your boat enough to have to fight for knowledge for something, it very likely isn't. And here's Emily, who was a paramedic, 
And Cami, I, I believe you had a couple of children already while you were in nursing school. So that's a lot of world exposure when you have that kind of experience on your belt, when you're faced with something that looks like an unconstitutional, unjust thing coming at you. We will pick back up right there after the break. Please be sure to check out the America Out Loud shop where you can find our many sponsored products. The only way we're able to bring Nurses Out Loud to you is because of our sponsors. We have some wonderful products there, so please check them out at americaoutloud.shop. It's time and this is For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that said, lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing, leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Welcome back. Where we left off, we were addressing the realities that older nursing students do have some world experience that might make them more likely to feel like they can speak out for their own rights and for others. 
and Nurse Emily was about to tell us about how being a mother in nursing school helped prepare her for this COVID vaccine mandate battle. And honestly, Michelle, one of the things that kind of woke me up um, way back, I want to say even in 2009, 2010, was that my daughter, she's my firstborn, she had a very bad reaction to her vaccines when she was three months old, six months old. She was not the same baby for a good couple of weeks after each vaccine. And so after seeing her be an active baby and then she'd get the vaccines, she would just lay there, she would cry, she would she would just act so differently. Um, I decided to go talk to my pediatrician at the time and they said, okay, well, we'll just stagger the shots, right? Cause that's what they always say. We'll just stagger them. We won't give her four at one time. We'll give her two at one time or one at one time, but she still needs to get them. So I did that. I started staggering them, but then I gave birth to my son in Florida and my daughter was born here in Arizona. So I gave birth to my son a year and a half later in Florida they looked at my daughter's records as I was establishing a new pediatrician. And that pediatrician said, why does your daughter have all of these shots already? She's not even two. We don't give these, we don't give this shot until they're two. We don't give that shot until they're two. And she's already had two to three doses. And that alone just stopped me straight in my tracks. And I was like, what are you talking about? And they're like, yeah, we don't give those shots. So, so that made previous me- doctor who was leading you to believe that you were staggering out to lessen the exposure actually hyperexposed your daughter. And, you know, I, I don't know if it's, that was the vaccine schedule in Arizona and it's the Florida federal. one. It's federal. Florida. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And at the time in 2009, I was going to the top East Valley pediatrician in the, in Phoenix. Um, she had all these awards in her office you know, she is supposed to be a great pediatrician. So I, who am I to question that? I trusted that office's judgment and what they're telling me. They, my daughter needs these vaccines, but then I go to Florida and they're on a completely different vaccine schedule for their, for their children. And that's when I went to my husband and I said, how is this possible? Are you telling me that the science is different in Arizona than it is in Florida? Like it's, if it's science, it should be straight across the board the same in every state. Why does this office follow a different schedule? So, you know, at that point, I just stopped vaccinating my kids. And I'm because I'm not gonna... trust because your trust in the system went disappeared. And then all of a sudden, the reality is like a, a father just said to me, well, maybe my daughter doesn't get the COVID vaccine, but, but, but maybe we're just fine about these childhood vaccines. Let her just go ahead and get the childhood vaccines caught up, which would mean, you know, uh, about 12 vaccines in the next three weeks. So it is unbelievable that he said that. And he's like, well, could you just give me some basic information that would make me believe that vaccines are really dangerous? And it isn't that simple. So Cami, you were facing a monumental, basically schooling in immunology, or just go ahead and stop vaccinating while you went to school slowly, but surely as you could, studying as you could about vaccines. And I mean, entire careers are based in vaccinology and you've got people who were in those careers who were, you know, scared of the COVID vaccine themselves. So mm-hmm. that got all of our attention for those of us who were fortunate enough to not have so much information censored from us that we didn't hear about those doctors who were vaccinologists or immunologists out there talking about the COVID vaccine bad. But that's a wonderful, realistic story about 
mothers. Mothers are having to face these battles. She'd already faced that kind of battle going into nursing school. And here she was having to face a vaccine battle for herself. And that was very likely a contributing factor to your education process. And like you said, Emily, being pregnant, like, hey, this is experimental. I think I'm just going to sit this one out. And that option just wasn't considered a reasonable thing for a nursing student, which is so unreasonable. Um, my only my only addition to that when it just comes to my background, um, bringing that in is I've seen doctors make mistakes um, and I've seen them make mistakes for about um, 10 years or so prior to, I mean, we're all human beings, right? right. So um, as humans, since we're not all robots, um, we, it's, it's easy to do. And there's been many times where I've caught, you know, a doctor and I'm like, are you, are you sure that you want me to do that? Because I'm not going to do that. Even if you tell me to do that, you do um, it. Yeah. <laughs> you do it instead, do doctor. It means. This is what I would recommend that you do, but you can do whatever you want to do. Oh goodness. Um, and so just seeing that and being in the medical field already for a little while, um, if I, cause I went to paramedic school when I was 19 years old. And so I was that young person in medical school. Right. And so at that time, if I was in nursing school at this time, or if this whole COVID thing happened when I was in school to become a paramedic, I would have done exactly what they told me to do. I already know that because that was my dream job. And I did not have the same experience that I had going into nursing school. Um, I wasn't even married. I didn't have kids. I was so young. And like you said, it's not that I was dumb. I was very intelligent, right. but I was intelli- I was intelligent with what I was being given. So right. I was given all of this information from people, but I didn't have the resources or the knowledge. I didn't grow up in a medical family um, to be able to even read a study. I mean, that, that was because you, you have to have some sort of knowledge to be able to read a study because not only do they use some pretty extensive terminology, um, but there's also different things that you're looking for in the study. And without having that knowledge, you're not even going to be able to, you'd be like, oh, sure. Even though the study's telling you, no, this is bad. You might even <laughs> interpret it as, oh, that's something that's good. I think that's um, why Dr. Peter McCullough is such a incredible resource for us all to have. He's a walk-in, walking citation. He, under, he reads the literature, he writes the literature and he understands it and he interprets it and he makes it understandable for everybody to be able to hear. And he must have an incredible speed reading ability on top of that. So it's an incredible resource. There's other people that are out there that are on our side that are out there getting the data out for us. I'm so thankful for. But as we talk about the reality that you both had is exposures to the medical community and you weren't naive to the fact that doctors are not not perfect. And for those out there listening who don't know this, the medical era is the third leading cause of death in America. So you have a better chance of being killed or maimed or injured or harmed or handicapped by a nurse or doctor. And those are the people we all naturally trust. And I had, I mean, not only was I a major medical person most of my life, meaning having so many medical problems and always being in the face of the medical community and seeing their failures in one of my worst medical episodes, when I was in just excruciating pain with a mass in my abdomen, I kept having lack of pain relief on a particular nurse's shift because I was there maybe 10 or 15 days. 
And every time she would come in, I'm like, why do I not get relief when she's on? And where, why is my narcotics not working? So I decided my conscience led me to believe that she was possibly using my drugs. So I stayed up to watch her, you know, without her knowing to see if she did use my drugs. And sure enough, she was actually taking my narcotics in my room right there in front of me. She thought I was asleep. So I had to report her the next morning. And apparently I was the third patient to make the same report that morning. And it was really hard as a nurse to turn in a nurse. But the fact is, is what it was. So when you hear a shocking story like that, it's a true story. It really happens to people. And there really are addicts in every kind of profession. And sadly, she needed help. And she was contributing to my harm by um, not helping me. So I want to get to something else before we lose y'all today. And that would be that y'all did get to the, go to the, you got a lawyer and you lawyered up. And what was the outcome of that choice to get a lawyer? So we ended up finding a lawyer and um, we did when we ended up filing. Initially, our goal was just for our lawyer to communicate with the school um, so that they can, you know, see that we were going to take this seriously and that we weren't going to back down. Um, And the school decided that um, they weren't going to. And so we ended up going to court and we won our preliminary injunction, which the judge mandated the Maricopa Community College District to allow us or any other students that were similarly um, situated as us to graduate as well for that semester. Um, so we did win that preliminary injunction. Like you said, the lawsuit is now, you know, being used in other cases as well, which is a huge blessing. Um, and so I think for the next two, um, maybe even three semesters after, um, they were, because of that lawsuit, the students were, you know, being allowed to be placed at clinical sites without it. But now that there is nobody else, there, um, we're hearing now that they're back to doing what they were doing before and that they're mandating the COVID vaccine, specifically even continuing at, you know, the college that we were at at Mesa Community College. Um, and, you know, there's nobody there that's standing up towards them. And I don't even think that these students know that there were two successful students that sued and won, um, that information isn't even out there. Um, I think Cami has had some run-ins with students when she was working at the hospital that have said that it was mandatory. So tell us about that, Cami. Yeah, there have been, um, so I'm a PACU nurse and I had some students, um, in the ICU that I ran into as well as in PACU. I asked them what campus they went to because our campus, you know, we have the scrubs with our college logo. And so I obviously recognized what school they went to. And I nonchalantly said, you know, how's your semester going? What's, what block are you in? Um, do you guys have to take vaccines? And they said, yes, I, we've had to take the COVID vaccine. They notified us that if we don't take the vaccine that we're not gonna graduate. They've kind of told us good luck getting an exemption. Um, it's rare that exemptions are awarded to students, especially from the hospitals. You won't be able to do clinicals. You might as well drop out of the program. So pretty much all of the same things that they were telling Emily and I, these students were experiencing the same thing. And so I kind of would tell them, you know, not do you know who we are, but do you know, it's like, 
Yeah, who did are you? you? It does did you matter. Do any, do you, did you do any research? Because um, I'm one of the students that actually school uh, sued the school or the nursing program, and you guys don't have to get the vaccine. But of course, the administration is not going to tell these students that. There's nobody there telling the students that they don't have to get vaccinated. There's nobody there telling the students there were already two other students that won in federal court. Um, the school does not have the right to be bullying you. The administrators and the staff do not have the right to be telling you this false information. These students are just going about their program as if they have to do and, you know, inject and be told whatever it is that they're being told and that's, they have to put up with it. So it actually made my blood boil. I told Emily, I said, I don't know what we're going to have to do. I don't know if we're going to have to go to the school and get a hold of some students, put up a table, put flyers around, but these students need to know that they don't have to get vaccinated. Yeah. When I was at my daughter's nursing school, she just graduated in May. I saw there were all these cat, these uh, magazines that are nursing student magazines. And I got all these wild ideas about how we could inform nursing students. And I said, do you ever list, read these magazines? She's like, I've never even noticed them. So it dawned <laughs> on that nursing students, you know, you're buried. You are your heads down in the books. You are only focused on making sure you pass the next test and get the right clinicals and the right skills. You are not doing that. And you're barely on social media. And if you are, you're just showing how you're crying and surviving. You're not really um, reading anything other than what the you're being forced to read because that's what you're doing all the time for school. So I think your idea of getting a booth at the first entry of the school, make them have to get a lawsuit to remove you from the premises. You know what I'm saying? Like we're going to pass out a, re a, pr a pre-printed brochure that has a QR code that takes maybe them to a website that y'all might could get somebody to help you create that says, here's some facts. And we can have videos like this that are up there and uploaded that are quick, like y'all just giving some quick video um, advice to some of these students. Because before we get off, I definitely want to make sure you both would say what you would give as advice to any prospective nursing student that is out there um, that is thinking, I want to be a nurse because here we are in this post-COVID era and these are realities. Even though there's this precedent setting case in this very nursing school, this very nursing school is still doing the exact same thing they got a lawsuit for. Did the school actually lose any money on this case? They just lost the amount that they had to pay our lawyer um, and the amount that I'm sure that they paid their lawyers. Okay. All right. So are y'all still pursuing anything on discrimination with them? No, it's ended up, we ended up settling. Um, and so there is, there's nothing that, you know, Cammie and myself actually gained from any of this. <laughs> other than we, we gained our, we gained our graduation and yes. um, we gained some insight on how not to do things. Um, and yeah. So I've got people that very likely, I mean, an entire medical system is pretty much owns all the hospitals in the state of Georgia. Somebody does need to bring litigation to that hospital that is put, putting all this pressure for the COVID vaccine. So I actually, them. I want to interject real quick because 
Um, I am on the instructor side of things now with where I work for my paramedic students. And the the what the hospitals are telling these students is actually just a bold-faced lie. Because my students, obviously, half of my class um, had already stated, we don't have the vaccination um, or we only have one shot. Honestly, there were probably about 40% of them that only had one shot. And there was only 10% of my class that had the full series Um, and 50% said we're not getting it. And I had them all put in exemptions through the hospitals and within two hours, all of their exemptions were approved. So it's not, it's not the hospitals that are the problem. It's the schools. That's what I don't understand um, is it's so simple. And the, the exemptions that my students are putting in are not even a paragraph long of why, yeah, of why they're not going to get it. It's just, it goes against my religious beliefs. Um, you know, X, Y, and Z, it's maybe three or four sentences and it doesn't even get very personal. And within two hours they're approved. So well in Georgia, it is claiming that it is the hospital system that is doing it. And the nursing schools are saying to the students, there's clinicals that aren't even going to let you come into the clinical if you don't have this COVID vaccination. So I'm wondering if they're actually lying to them and bullying them. Well, they lied to us. And if you look back through our transcripts, that was something that was caught, you know, that the dean was caught lying on the stand um, is because Cammie and I went to each of the hospitals ourselves and we collected the information from each of them. And each of them had an exemption process, which the schools were stating that they did not have at the time. So our school was lying to us. Um, with the hospitals here in Arizona, there's not a single large system that is denying students exemptions. There's not a single one because dealing with my students now all of them, like I said, were approved within hours of submitting it. And they're not, they're approved for more things. I mean, they're approved for HEP, for HEP B um, declinations. They're approved for the flu shot um, declination. So they're approved for a wide variety that these nursing schools are claiming, hey, it's the hospital that's saying it's not on us, it's them. Um, but with my, you know, instructor insight now, um, that's not the case. Okay, so what do y'all say to someone who says, if you want to go into the nursing profession, young ladies, um, you have to get all the vaccines? It's just what you, <laughs> what you have to do because that's what they're being told. That's what nursing students are being told across the country. Do you just say, what, what's your best answer for that? Um, Cami, I don't know if you want to go first or if you want me to go first. Yeah, Cami, let's hear it. I, I would just say to fight it, stand to your ground. If that's something that, you know, your heart's desire is to be a nurse and that is your calling in life. And you've always wanted to be a nurse or be in the medical field, fight it. There's, you're not going to lose anything by fighting it, by standing your ground. Um, If you're really strong in your beliefs and you have that in you, then fight it. Um, There's, I mean, like Emily and I, we fought it to the very end. And within those months of fighting, so much information was revealed to us that was, you know, untruths that were being told to us. And we realized it's just the school, in our case specifically, the school for whatever reason is telling so many lies to get these students to get vaccinated. So if if you face any, or if you have any students, Michelle, and they're being told one thing, 
go out there and get information. Okay, well, where are you? Okay, go to the school. Where are you getting this information from? Who is telling you that I have to be vaccinated? Can I speak superior? Where are they getting their information from? Who's the top? Who's the top tier person that I have to talk to? Because I I will go up the chain and I will figure out who is saying this and spreading the information downward. And I will figure out a way to not have to get vaccinated because at the end of the day, you don't have to, you do not have to. I, I work at a hospital or I was working at a hospital that, you know, it was beaten into us that you had to be vaccinated right when I graduated, applied for a job there, did not have to be vaccinated. (laughs) Unbelievable. (laughs) Unbelievable. Yeah. So go ahead. Every hospital, like Emily said, they have an exemption process. They have one. Especially yeah, in 2023, call, they have one. Yeah, call your clinical facilities that they claim are not going to accept you if you don't have a vaccine. So that is a great idea to get the list of the clinical places that you're going to go to and actually contact those facilities as if you're going to get a job there and say, what is your vaccine declination process? That's a great and idea. And they always have a policy on their, their website, right? So maybe not to the public, but on their their interweb, you know, the employees can access, they always have a policy that has specifically to COVID nowadays, because it is 2023, COVID isn't new. They have a policy that that specifically says, you know, the student doesn't not have to be vaccinated or volunteers or visitors or what have you. And that is something that Emily and I were able to get access to. We had people sending us you know, um, screenshots or pictures of what the hospital facilities had in place. Um, so we were getting sent images, which was very, very helpful for us because we didn't have access, you know, to certain hospital, but most of them do have the policies in writing. So better than just getting a phone conversation and then it's a, he said, she said, get it in writing, have pictures sent to you, find an email, email the person. Excellent. Excellent advice. I am so thankful for what y'all did. The lawsuit is called college. Yeah. So it's, it's Tom. So it's T H O M S versus Maricopa community college. Oh, I'm glad you said that Tom. Okay, great. And then we know already, this is a precedent setting case that has been used even by the U S Navy seals. And do y'all know of any others that have already used it? Um, there's been, um, last we were told there were 11, um, that it was being, you know, used for and that it was cited in theirs. Um, and I cannot recall all of them. Sure. Well, ladies, a Harvard law journal, um, article on it, um, the North shore health system where the, the, um, the plaintiffs, they won. 10.3 million, I think. There's just so many other cases out there. And I'm sure there are more. I'm sure there's more cases like ours that you set a precedent. So, you know, if you just look for the information, you'll find it. Well, as we've always said here on Nurses Out Loud, bravery is rare. Courage is rare, but they are both contagious. And I'm so thankful for these two nurses who were brave and fought the battle that needed to be fought. It seems a little unjust that they didn't get some remuneration of some kind. They got some kind of payment because they certainly had pain and suffering and they did not get that. And lawyers that are out there listening, please recognize that 
Um, these people that are going to be seeking help from you, they need you to advocate for them to get them also what they deserve because the penalty apparently was not significant enough for this school to not be repeating their same bad behavior and doing the same thing again to more nurses. So this has got to stop. It's up to legal situations to make it stop and brave people. So thank you, Emily and Cami, for coming on and thank you for being those brave women. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. Remember, this is happening in your community as well. Perhaps until now, you were not aware of it. There is something that we can all do. Reach out to the colleges in your community and discover if they are forcing the COVID vaccine on students where you live. Send us an email at americaoutloud.news slash nursesoutloud and help us expose the colleges that are showing evidence that litigation needs to be brought to their door. Give your college students weapons to fight with. Go to my show notes to find the citation Toms versus Maricopa County Community College and be sure to include it in any pursuit to stop college mandates in your community. As James O'Keefe inspires us, be brave, do something. Until next week. It's time and then-